Welcome to Human Dreaming, the podcast for curious dreamers. Today, I will be interviewing the mother-daughter author duo, Janice and Leslie Summers. Their book, Breed Reborn, is their first novel of a planned trilogy book series. Besides writing, Leslie loves traveling and singing. She was bitten by the travel bug after going to Ireland for the first time. And since then, she has visited Cuba, London, Sicily, and Scotland. Leslie is also a very gifted singer, classically trained for all genres, who has been cast as well as hired to sing throughout New Jersey and New York for concerts, cabarets, and weddings. Like their main character, Bridget, Leslie was born and raised in New Jersey, and she inherited her love of reading from her mother. Janice is a classically trained ballerina and has danced in Lincoln Center. After completing her education degree, she focused on taking care of her family and encouraging her children to follow their dreams. Her passion for books and music was passed on to the next generation. And like Leslie, Janice has also found a love of traveling after recently going to the UK and Sicily with her family. Leslie and Janice Summers, welcome to Human Dreaming. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm very excited to have you here today. I have read most of your book, Breed Reborn, the Amulet series. And I have, for anybody who's watching the YouTube version, you can see the, the cover here. It's a beautiful cover. And um, it's a young adult and novel that uses a lot of dreams and and has a lot of insights into dreams so i'm super excited to um to interview you guys today and talk about dreams and what your process is with writing and specifically how um how you integrated dreaming into your storytelling thanks we're excited to be here wonderful so um just as like a general baseline, when you think of dreams, what is the, what's the first kind of definition that comes to mind for you? How do you define dreams within your own life? I don't know, it's, a, it's kind of a hard thing. I mean, I think they're just stories that, that happen when, when I'm thinking about it. I can never remember, I only remember parts of dreams. I never remember the whole thing. I remember feelings I had. Mm -hmm. and, my little friend over here, <laughs> from the day she could talk, she would run up out of her bedroom, sit down at the table and said, I had a dream. And we'd all go, is it a short dream or a long dream? Because we, <laughs> we had to qualify because she had to go to school or we had things to do. And she would tell us. My dreams were long. Yeah. Long. And I said, can you hold it for dinner or lunch or something like that? And she'd say, yes. Short dreams, they would like go at breakfast. And were very detailed and very yeah and that was the other problem they were very very detailed mm. and oh. and it's funny because um part of breed reborn actually came from a dream like the dreams themselves actually start off from a dream that i had and i felt that they were going to be pertinent to the storyline so i interspersed them throughout oh wow that's incredible tell me more about that it was the first dream that um she discusses or she has i should say is about Lube running around trying to go after a beer because he's looking for the amulet and he knows that she has it and Breed's running after him. And I had a dream in which um, originally the Lube person was named David. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And 
I was Breed and I was running after him and we were on a, we were in the middle of a forest going uphill, that's all I remember. And then there was a cabin at the top and we were, I was yelling like, where are we going? Why are we, like, she doesn't have it, are you sure? And he, David was real angry and kept saying, yeah, I know she has it. And I kind of woke up from there, I wrote it down because it was just so impactful and colorful. And I was, I definitely knew that was something I had to use somewhere else. Yeah. Down and then as uh, we were discussing what we wanted to do with um, with these dreams that we were thinking of having, I I definitely was like, oh, oh, this will work. We should put this in there. So I, David became Lube. We had to change the name. <laughs> oh, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. That is, so that's interesting because one of my questions was going to be, how did you make the dreams seem like realistic dreams? A lot of times when I read about <laughs> dreams, I'm like, oh, well, that sounds like it was like a made up dream but you know dreams are just so bizarre it's hard to actually write them as a dream so that really <laughs> explains that pretty well yeah. yeah yeah very cool so you basically dreamed this book into existence if i'm understanding you correctly well just that part just the first dream um everything after that was not my own dream it was just i mean i write a lot of my dreams down so i think i had the cadence and the feeling for being able to write dreams yeah and that was helpful but how we, um, how we started this book, I actually came up with the idea after um, my dad did something one day. We were in the kitchen and he was hard of hearing. He misheard something and he got really angry because he was getting frustrated because he couldn't hear it. Mm -hmm. And it was a sunny day, like you can kind of see it is right now. And uh, our kitchen, win um, our sink has a window behind it. So as I was washing dishes, I was noticing that angrier he got, the darker clouds became. It went from being so sunny to pitch black. And I kind of just looked over and I was like, I know he doesn't control weather, but what if he did? Yeah. And I kid you not, a minute later, as his mood went, he, it was cleared and he understood everything. And as his mood calmed down, the clouds dispersed. And I was like, okay, this has to be something. So I really sat down that night and wrote the first paragraph. So oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. I love and it. I think within like two days I had the first like chapter written and then um, as it I was a short story writer so embarking on a whole novel was a lot for me and I remember reading about other authors who uh, enlisted family members and mom and I have always gotten along really well and I always bounced ideas off of her so it just seemed like a natural fit to pull her in. Yeah absolutely and it sounds like she has the right credentials as well. Yeah. <laughs> It was an interesting, you know, I'm writing this book. You want to help me? You want to join in? I was like, okay, you know, because writing is not something that I've done. You know, we all write little quirks here and there, little notes or something, but it's not yeah. something to write a whole story or a whole book or something. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, sure. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I was wondering, I have a question for you, Janice, about like, um, teenage behavior did you did you have to kind of like modify any of that and be like oh no I, I have a, a better oh in the book yeah in the book well one of the things I said to her <laughs> don't make the parents stupid because yeah. I've read so many books or seen so many sitcoms where the parents are clueless yeah they don't know what the kids are doing they 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 have no, they're not in touch with the the real world yeah and that just annoys me because that's not real life. Right. I guess yeah. there are parents out there that have no clue what their kids are doing, 
but I think most parents have an idea. They may not say anything, but they have an idea. So one of the things was to don't make the parents stupid. And we worked very hard. So there, there are some things in the book that are actually things I do. Mm -hmm. One where she wasn't feeling well and got the tea with the cinnamon toast yeah. and that kind of stuff. That's something I've done, you know, for her. Yeah. That's to me and my brother, whenever we were sick when we were yeah. children. Yeah, you didn't feel good. And, and, and they always say, you know, your stomach's upset, so what do you have? You have something light to drink and some toast, dry toast. So I put, you know, Butter. cinnamon sugar on it <laughs> to make it taste better. It's good stuff. Lovely. Yeah, so, the, so, so some of those things, you know, I think, I don't, I think you probably, I don't know if you've gotten that far in the book. You probably passed it. But yeah, one of, some of the things that um, are said and done are, are me. She put in there. Oh, that's sweet. I love that. Yeah, there's been a couple times where, um, like, the, where she was told to stay home from school mm -hmm. um, and just rest up and, yeah. Yeah. Makes there's sense. a lot of um, mommy feelings in there that we wanted to make sure we, we were able to impress upon because we have a very good relationship and we wanted to make sure that Bridget and her mom had a good relationship and that reflected ours. Yeah. So all of the ways that um, her mother would take care of her were the same ways that my mom would take care of me. Yeah, that's beautiful. That really shows in the writing too. Well, I'm glad it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you know, you're not, you don't know us, so you don't know who we are and that kind of thing, but I'm glad it comes out in the book. It does. Well, I am a mom. Uh, of a oh, okay. She gets it. Oh. <laughs> but she does believe that I have eyes on the back of my head, so. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. And we know everything and you can't do anything because eventually I'll find out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And um, you might as well be able to share with each other anyways. And it sounds like you guys are able to do that. So brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever had, um, I mean, it sounds like you, you kind of have just in the course of the book, but um, you know, maybe outside of that framework, is there anything else in your life where dreams have really affected your daily life or the course of your life or your career choices or anything to that effect? For myself, I can say no, I don't think so. I mean, half of the time, as I said, I can't remember the dream. So I can't say that, oh, yes, I had this dream and it influenced me to do something. Sure. So I just thought, you know, it may have influenced when I woke up, I was upset or sad or happy, depending on how the feeling of the dream went. But I don't think it colored my day. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of echo that same sentiment. I can't think of one specific dream that has impacted my life in some way in which it did color my day, but I have woken up and had dreams that I just couldn't shake. Um, one I can remember from high school, we didn't live where we do now and the house that we lived in, when you, when you opened the door, you would walk immediately out into the onto a sidewalk into onto our grass like real fast it was a flat land mm -hmm. and I a reoccurring nightmare that I couldn't leave my house unless I made it through uh the swarm of snakes that was literally oh. covering my entire uh front yard but no I just couldn't walk through them I had to eat my way through <laughs> Weird. I don't I have no I, I had the dream probably about three or four times and then that's it yeah. um I'm not a fan of snakes, <laughs> so I don't know if that's where my phobia comes from, or it was always there and that was just manifesting, but 
that that definitely was something I remember. I can even like remember the colors of the snakes. Yeah. Different yeah, colors. that could definitely yeah. that could definitely do it. So yeah. you happen to remember like like what period in your life you were having the recurring dream? Uh, I was in high school. I was probably about 14, 15 years old. So freshman, sophomore. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of changes because I was going from eighth grade and being a freshman. I was on color guard. I was in school plays. I was in Girl Scouts. Very busy. I was extremely busy. Yeah. There was probably a lot going on where I felt like I needed to um, balance everything. Mm -hmm. But I'm not quite sure what eating snakes would have to do <laughs> with any of that. I would imagine more would be like um, juggling multiple plates in the air, like in a circus act. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the snakes. fun thing about dream symbolism is it's like not always literal. You know, there's a lot of a lot of bizarre things like that, but you do seem to be a very vivid dreamer. And um, I re the reason why I ask about like time period is because recurring dreams tend to happen like for a period of our life and they'll keep coming back until whatever is going on at that time has been processed. So it could totally just be like the change in that part of your life and so much going on and like, you know, just the intensity of having to go through that. But, you know, you would have mm -hmm. to like be able to remember the emotional arc and stuff. And so that's a little bit far back for that. But um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> recurring dreams are really interesting that way. They don't typically go away until you've kind of like processed whatever it is that you have to work through what was causing the dreams, if you will. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, if you had a, a, if you could create a PSA, like a, a billboard or a TV commercial or anything that was for the whole world to see, what do you think that might look like? I would say... Uh, let people be. Um, there's so much right now that's going on in the world where race, politics, sexual identity, gender, any of that is clashing. And just because person A doesn't like what person B is doing, there is some kind of discord, an um, argument, or yeah. it's gotten to the point of actual physical violence. But I have friends who range across all of these things um, I have friends who are deeply conservative in their religion, and then I have people who are completely non-religious. I have just a whole spectrum, and we can all get along because at the end of the day, we look at each other and we see the human that's there and not what the label is. And I, because just because they're um, super religious and I might not be, should not have no effect on my life. And it doesn't interfere with my life and how I live it. And I think the way I live my life doesn't interfere how they live their lives. Yeah. That would be my it's PSA. Accept, it's an acceptance. Just mm -hmm. accept the person as they are and mm -hmm. move on. Let them be. Let them, you know, you do you. Let them do them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you for that. I hear the train. It actually sounds really pretty. It's not covering up the audio. Okay, good. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we're like, oh, the five o'clock commuter so train's going by. <laughs> no, That's with the windows closed. Yeah. Janice, is there anything that you would want to the whole world to know if you could just kind of put a message out there in any format? No, I think, you know, Leslie and I agree that just live your life. You know, you, I, I don't have the right to 
impact your life in such a way to, to make you change it or make it make you see my life you know you have to believe what i believe no just do you do you kind of thing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's beautiful yeah i like that serve any purpose to try to put my feelings or my beliefs or something on someone else yeah causes them to not like you and or not want to be with you so or around you yeah I want that yeah i agree there's actually it's interesting that you guys are bringing it up because i feel like that's partially a theme in the book you know stop the fighting and like let's acceptance figure yeah, out how accept, to, how to, get how to work together yeah work Which together exactly doesn't happen too often Operation, <laughs> yeah and the book doesn't happen in the book too often if i remember um is it okay if i read a couple quotes and then ask you about them absolutely okay so this is um from page 126 and um it's right after she, right after Bridget, the main character, has had um, a dream about the necklace, the, the stolen necklace. I think it was the dream that you were mentioning earlier, Leslie. Um, and she says, when I had these dreams before, it was like something I'd imagined from bits and pieces of my subconscious. Now, knowing about my family, they felt more like clues. And uh, I really love this because as a, you know, somebody who wrote a book about dreams, um, this is exact, I mean, it could be something from my book <laughs> oh. <laughs> about, about how you take these bits and pieces from your subconscious and you put them together and then they're clues, they're clues to different things. So you can start, you can actually put the puzzle pieces together. It's not, doesn't have to remain a mystery forever. Mm -hmm. if you want to know so I really love that is there um I just wanted to say that but if there's anything that you'd like to add about that feel free to those clues will be answered um in the second book oh okay it all comes to it comes together in this in the second book is the second book out or experience no we're writing that right now okay great in trilogy and so we're working on book two. This book only just came out um, November 30th of 2020. So while the world was on fire, we were celebrating our book release. <laughs> yeah, we were on fire for sure. <laughs> yeah, literally at some point. Yeah, uh, exactly. So we're still working on book two and we're making sure that we have heavy dreamery throughout there. <laughs> yeah. One of the dreams become less clue-like and a little bit more like, um, guiding they, 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 they guide, guide her they okay her a, a purpose of what she has to do mm -hmm. well she she already has a purpose it just elaborates on it elaborates on it. gives her a bit more depth to what her her the dreams help her yeah to achieve the, the, the goal that she needs to achieve yeah brilliant well i hope you keep me posted when the second one is coming out so i can well do yes absolutely write all in that one too <laughs> <laughs> And then um, in chapter 15 on page 130, it says, if we don't dig deep into your inner subconscious, you'll never tap into your power. And I also find that to be very profound because, you know, that's true. Like we, we always think of ourselves as being conscious beings, but, you know, 90% of our life is run off of our subconscious. So if we don't understand what's mm -hmm. going on in there, how are you ever going to, you know, actually have any conscious control over your life? 
So I really love that line. And, you know, again, I, I just wanted to point that out for listeners who are reading the book, like how brilliant some of these lines are. But if you have anything to add to it, please do. It's important for Bridget to realize that those subconscious is, is helping her, putting those the, the dreams together, listening to her subconscious to help her move forward. Mm -hmm. She has decisions to make in the coming chapters and book two, and they, these all help. She has to tie them all together in some way. Mm -hmm. So she has to realize that she, her power isn't surface level. And that's really what the major point of that quote is, is that she has to definitely dig deep inside herself, get down in there, kind of roll around in the mud, if you will, and um, see how that can help her grow as who she is. And um, otherwise, you're, she's just a shell, right? Like she's she'll just never, a shell of a human. She'll never reach her full potential. Yeah. And that she does. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, the state of the world, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the cool she thing does feel that. You know, I think, you know, she does feel that, that, that pressure on her shoulders that, you know, it all, why is it me? Why, why do I have to do this? Why, why, you know, why do I have to, you know, do this or find the amulet? Why can't someone mm -hmm. else do it? Or, you know. Uh, yeah. Why can't you just be a normal teenager with all the other pressures? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, you know, throw school on top of that and the interpersonal relationships with friends and, you know, boyfriends and, you know, trying to kind of make everybody happy and, and try to get along. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. And this is a pressure we put on teenagers to begin with, minus powers. Yeah, take away the powers. You've got all those pressures anyway. Yeah, exactly. And, the, and just in terms of metaphor, I, you know, and especially in a young adult novel, when, you know, people of this age are, are reading this, it's like, even just doing all those things that you mentioned, like, keeping it together and trying to keep everyone happy and then you've got raging hormones and all of these things going on and trying to keep you know life straight and the stories that we were told as children you know maybe the world's not quite as safe as we were told it was mm -hmm. um, that I mean that's yeah, downright that's like okay. having to become a superhero anyways you know when you when you look at and it I, and put that on top of it you have this destiny yeah it feels yeah, that, this that age yeah uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did have a friend read the book, and she gave me the commentary that um, we put a lot on Bridget, and she's really indecisive. And I came back with, "What seventeen-year-old is decisive?" And she, <laughs> yes, it is. It's like when you throw all this on them, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah. All of that ties in, and they're unsure. They're just beginning to become adults, and you know, do I pick A, B? What do I do? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and it's fair for her to take a minute to think about it. Um, so the next quote is on the next page, 131, and it says, the key to controlling your powers is to know where they stem from, he continued. I can harness mine because it's tied to my inner thoughts. Heads up, if I'm having scary dreams, prepare for a snowstorm. I nodded. With you, if I'm right, your powers come from your emotions. Think about how you've been feeling recently and what's happened. And again, I find that to be really insightful into dreams because um, in, in the method that I use, in dreams, uh, emotions play an incredibly important role in dreams, like your emotional arc is really oftentimes the, the literal thing that, that the dream is about. 
So um, I really enjoyed that one too. I'm glad. I'm, I'm really happy. We're really happy to hear that you really like the book. Yeah. It's just <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, I was just expecting to be like more talking generally about it. I wasn't expecting to pull so many quotes that I found uh, really interesting from it. So it was a nice surprise. Um, and then I have one. <laughs> uh, what is this? Chapter 20, it looks like. Um, page 160. It says, had my dream last night, had, had my dream last night been more of a premonition, was my subconscious telling me I needed to end it with trip? And um, I'll tell you why I think that's another good one because uh, predictive dreams is something that a lot of people don't really understand and, and how they work. And our subconscious is really good at pulling in information that we're not consciously aware of and putting it into a scenario and then feeding it back to us into our dreams in the form of like practicing for likely scenarios that are, that are going to happen. So I always find predictive dreaming really fascinating and um, the fact that it seems like she might be having some some predictive or predictive dreams or in this case premonitions as it says in the book. I like to think of that um, that particular dream sequence as her subconscious kind of guiding her like the way you would get uh, your conscious to act um, excuse me your conscience to actively guide you while you're awake. Mm -hmm. and, that was the intention behind that. So she, when she wakes up and she's like, oh, am I supposed to break up with Trip? Is, is that what I'm supposed to do? I, I'm trying to get her, her intuition to tell her like, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. Follow your gut and trust yourself. Yeah. And that's really what that was meant to be. Brilliant. You know, again, you know, they, they do track so well as, as actual dreams, which I really appreciated that you put the time into it. <laughs> And um, very cool that you're an avid dreamer and you're utilizing that, yeah. you know, in good outlet. Yeah, it, it is. And it, it shows. Um, okay. So is there anything else you want to tell me about Read Reborn or the main character, Bridget? Um, anything else that you would like people to know? Um, so stick around for book two, for sure. Um, yeah, some big reveals happen at, in book two that are mind-blowing, <laughs> and uh, dreams definitely play a very significant part in book two. Yes, yes, they do. Wonderful. Well, when that comes out, we'll definitely have to have a conversation again. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We get caught up on that, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Brilliant. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? Anything that you would like us to know? Um, do you have any um, social medias or websites we should check out? Goodreads? Well, if you, I'm, my like side hobby is uh, reading and reviewing books on my Instagram page. Okay. So I have a load of stuff in there. If anybody wants recommendations, they can always message me or comment on one of the posts and I will absolutely recommend people to any book they would like. I used to work in a bookstore and I specifically worked in the kids department and mm. so reading and recommending books was, is just my favorite thing to do. It's part of your job. Too. Besides the fact it was part of my job, I enjoy that as like yeah. not my job now. So that's, I would definitely send people there. That's but brilliant. If you follow me on Instagram, you're going to, um, you'll get more 
Breed Reborn updates and you'll hear more about book two snippets and things. Very cool. What is your Instagram handle? I'm, I'll put it in the show notes as well, but just so people. Sure. Can... It's literary underscore fairy. Great. Really silly name, but I'll explain why I have this handle specifically. Um, when I worked at the bookstore, one of my best friends was working there at the same time. And we both worked in the kids department and I was saying to her, wouldn't it be great if we just opened a kids bookstore just like babies to be up to 18, you know, maybe throw in the new adults, but wouldn't that be great if that's what we did? And we were deciding the name and we decided on literary fairies. I have no idea why. For the but store it, name? Yeah, for the store name. And then we just thought that was really cute. And so when I needed to come up with my own Insta handle, I was like, well, this is just going to be funny. So I threw that in there and I was like, guess what my name is? And she was like, that's so great. Yes. So I decided to keep it. I know, you know, I should probably be something more professional. Like, no, like, I like it. No, no. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, love it. Um, I have a kid's book that I'll have to send to you to read and see what you think about yes, it. Please. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. I'm reading it with my daughter right now. Um, it's called Here, There, and Everywhere, but I'll send you a picture. Okay. Yeah. Great. I love getting all book recommendations of all kinds. I, uh, I read kids' books. I read YA books. I read adult fiction. Like, rom contemporary romance has been my thing. I used to be more into teen dystopian. But um, no joke, after 2020, that started hitting a little too close to home. So I had to kind of break <laughs> away from that. Yeah. Right now, it's just an onslaught of like romance comedy books. Yeah, that so makes I'm sense. Throwing, um, teen books every now and then. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm with you on the, the need for a change in genre after that. Yeah. <laughs> I just need yeah, to sometimes, sometimes you're reading one type of book, you know, for months on end, and it's all of a sudden, oh, you know. But we're literally standing in a grocery store and they're making those announcements like, please keep your mask on and maintain social distancing. And all I keep picturing was just, you know, the, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book or read it, um, the Shatter Me series. Uh, the author's last name is Mafi, M-A-F-I. She's lovely. I'm obsessed with all of her writing. And in her Shatter Me series, there's a reference to before the world went to, you know, hell. And um, she she makes a comment that they had announcements out about, you know, keeping safe and not eating certain animals because they were sick and all these things. And it hit way too close to home hearing that. And I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Okay, I can't do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> this, no. There's a lot of similarities. No. <laughs> yeah. I branched out. Yes. Yeah. Lighten yeah. the mood a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. At least yeah. in the in the daytime fantasies. Yeah. Well, um, Leslie and Janice, I thank you so much for joining us today. And um, I look forward to getting, you know, staying in touch and getting to read book number two and book number three and hearing well, all you. about the dreams that, that Bridget continues <laughs> to have in the Amulet series, Breed Reborn being the first one. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, was, thank you. We had a great time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. We are supported by Human Dreaming, the dynamics of dream interpretation by Sunshine Press. The Human Dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com, the Barnes & Noble website, or through your local bookstore. For dream share or help with interpretation, 
please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.